Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health radio show where we talk about the crossroads of the environment, our health, and longevity with Richard Talk to Me Guy and Sherry Edwards is off working on the Sound Health portal. I would suggest going to the soundhealthportal.com, scrolling down just a bit and clicking on the Watch How button. You'll see a short demo video explaining how to record and submit your first recording. Then go back to soundhealthportal.com, scroll down to current active campaigns such as cellular inflammation, stem cells, or Parkinson's, and choose one that is of interest to you. Click on that campaign and click Free Voice Analysis, and the system will walk you through submitting your recording. You'll receive an email with your report back usually in one to two hours. I suggest sitting down with a cup of tea or working with somebody like Roberta Cuffin, which we'll get to in a moment, and reviewing that and seeing the information that you can take out of it. You could take it to a practitioner such as an acupuncturist or as a naturopath or a chiropractor, and they might also be able to see things and gather more information about, oh, we've been working on that. Wow. To hear and share replays of this show, 30 to 40 minutes after you hear the outro music, go to talktomeguy.com, scroll down that page, and you'll see this show at the top of the episodes page. There are also hundreds of shows available there as well. There's a microphone icon at the bottom right corner of all the show notes. If you'd like to leave me a voice message with a question for a guest or a guest idea for a show, you can do that directly from the site and I will be notified. With that, with over two decades of research and teaching experience, Sound Health Bioacoustic Instructor and Practitioner, Roberta Cuffin uses her unique skills to instruct Sherry Edwards students in bioacoustic protocols at Sound Health. Roberta's ability to make the complex simple and her genuine passion for guiding people to heal, find and fulfill their purpose, attracts high-caliber clients and students from around the world. Roberta, also a teacher of Judaism from a Christian perspective and podcast host. Her Saturday show takes listeners and viewers on a journey of self-discovery to explore the intersection between Christianity and Judaism to find the truth hidden within. Roberta considers herself the shock jock of Christianity, and her classes are refreshingly not what you expect. Roberta joins us to talk about how to become a successful sound health practitioner. Part three. Welcome, Roberta. Good morning, or afternoon, Good morning. depending on where you're at. Right, exactly, what continent you're on. I'm going to start, so this is a series of conversations that Roberta and I are having. This is number part three, and I will put all those links in the show notes so you can see the progression. And I think this is going to be kind of an ongoing thing where we'll talk and go, we should talk about that. But I want to start way back here at, since this is a standalone also, I'd like you to start by asking you to give us a, the bird's eye view of what bioacoustics is. Bioacoustics is where we take a small sampling of a person's voice, 30 seconds or around there, and we put that through our algorithms and we, we look at the biomarkers of a person's voice, which is the architecture within the voice, and we find things that may be out of balance, certain frequencies within the voice that are out of balance. And
and those may be associated with genes, proteins, nerves, muscles, emotions, vitamins, etc. And we help the person bring their body back into homeostasis. We're not doctors. We are researchers. So our goal is to let the person's body heal itself. And so um, unless we're a doctor, we're not allowed to make any sort of diagnostic, uh, um, give any diagnostics to a client. But we can certainly help them and guide them in a direction that they can take that information then to uh, a healthcare practitioner and potentially even work with them in conjunction with to help that person get back into a state of full health. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think people don't think of when we say out of balance is that you can have too much of something. And that shows up in the, that's one of the things I really enjoy about the, the seeing a vocal print is you can see stuff where it's like, wow, they have a lot of vitamin B in there. How's that possible? It's water soluble. So it shows up things that you wouldn't, I don't think a lot of regular practitioners, I don't know how to put that. You probably have a much better way of saying that. But there are things that pop up that where there is an imbalance and it can be that you have a stockpile of something that's throwing everything else off. And I think that's, well, bioacoustics is great anyway, but I just think that's one of the things people don't consider of having too much of something. Usually we're looking for like, you're not getting enough magnesium or vitamin D. That could be true, but you can also have a lot of something else, which also can yeah, be out of balance. Yeah, it could be that you're taking too much of it or your body is not assimilating it properly. Or maybe that frequency uh, is related to something else within that same um Variance because the frequency can mean many different things. They're redundant. And so it's our job as practitioners to learn how to recognize what those things may be and to help you be a your own self-advocate for health by giving you clues and maybe um, some correlations between if you have high vitamin B, and like you said, it's water-soluble, maybe that's really not vitamin B, but it's something else within that same frequency equivalent that is really the issue. Mm. Already my head is twirling. Um, usually it takes a little longer <laughs> with bioacoustics. It's amazing. And one of the questions I want to talk about is, or have you talk about is, being your own health advocate, I think that's a power position. And I don't mean domination. I just mean coming from that position of being your own health advocate just seems so great. Would you talk about that, please? Yes. I think we've all experienced going to the doctor and what it's like in the current situation. We get very little time. They really don't give us the answers that we're looking for. I know the the health system that I'm in right now will charge you extra if you ask for anything that's not associated with your yearly exam, which seems strange and really unethical to me. So I think we have to take our own health within our own hands and take accountability for that. 
which most of us really have not wanted to do. We've kind of become lazy, and we want what we want. We want to eat stuff that's not healthy for us. We want to um, be inactive when really we should be getting exercise, and the list goes on and on. And we're learning that if we truly want to be healthy, which equals happiness, then we have to take our own um, health in in our hands and become accountable to that. And that sometimes takes more effort than what we'd like, but we have a decision to make. Is our own health worth it? Are we worth it? And if we are, then what are we going to do about it? And bioacoustics is one way that we can do that. Well, I also think I've been leaning, well, I'll continue to lean into longevity since I'm now in the older crowd. Well, I've been for a while, actually, but I'm even older. And talking to other people, like when I did the show with uh, Carol Bagerly on her 85th birthday, who's still active, still teaching people about grassroots health, which is vitamin D research, is that one of the things, when we're younger, we think we're invincible. I'll live forever. And then as you get older, stuff happens. Things get achy, maybe, or something, there's something out of balance. I think this is a, a phenomenal assistant bioacoustics to us living. We're all living longer. The tricky part is, are we living well, in my view? And so now, what a great tool to have in our quiver of tools to be able to live longer well. People don't consider that when they're in their 30s or 20s or 40s. And then suddenly you're like in your 70s, you're going, wait a minute, I did what? And so it's a, longevity is really important because if you're going to live a long time, it's nice to do it and still be healthy without issues or less issues. Yes. I don't really have a question a lot there. Of, Go ahead. A lot of younger people are suddenly experiencing health issues like they weren't before. Mm. So I think uh, people, especially as younger than maybe previously has happened, they're starting to look at their health more. And that's why you have this huge movement within the younger community to go back to healthy living, to return to the land, tiny home community, um, sustainable living. They understand that because they're starting to see their own health decline. And I think that um, we need to really take that seriously and maybe even join some of those people, join those groups, find out how to do that, and, um, and start, start doing the things that are going to keep us healthy in the long term. Because there's nothing worse than living a long life and being unhealthy. You know, whether, I mean, look how many people live on dialysis for years. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not freedom. That's really bondage to the system. And many people are in bondage right now to the medical system. They're relying on medications that have this side effect and that side effect, and then they take another drug to help with the side effect, and that creates its own side effects. So it's a snowball effect. None of us are getting off of this wheel or I should say very few of us. So we really have to start taking this seriously. And I believe that that's what we're returning to. I like that idea very much. I agree with you, kind of. 
there's no disagreement. I always have the thing in my head that unfortunately is total toxic load because in my many, too many years of talking about things and watching the environment, I just see it becoming more and more toxic between glyphosate, which is sort of like a number one because it affects our gut in so many other ways, but things in the air and things that are just like okay for big industries to dump into the water or dump into the air. I agree. I think our total toxic load now is a lot more than it was when I was in the kid in the, dare I say, 60s and 70s. So yeah, let me, let me, me kind of explain uh, mm-hmm. what I meant by that because, you know, my worldview is I'm always thinking about things from a spiritual perspective. That's just how I work and how I think. So when I mean we're returning to that, that's the ultimate goal, I believe, for humanity is to return to that sort of clean living um, whenever that happens at some point in the future. Right now, do we have a system that is working against that? Yes. So it's up to us to rise up against that and fight against that. But that takes warriors, and it takes health warriors too, which are the people that want to um, educate people on what's happening with glyphosate, with all these toxic loads that are happening, Sherry Edwards. I mean, these are people, pioneers, and and really um, people that we should look up to. They're heroes because they're trying to teach people how to take care of their own health and what they can do about it. Now, they're being stopped in many uh, instances, but they don't. Most of them don't stop. They will risk their own lives to help people. And I really appreciate those people. And, and they need younger people as they pass to take this forward so we can get to the place where we're in a much healthier world. I'm, I'm putting everything that I'm thinking aside because that's such a rant I can get into. I agree with you completely. Um, I'll stick with the thread we're on. What are some of the states of what I I will call imbalances, other people would call ailments, that bioacoustic work can address for health addressing or figuring out or balancing? Not sure how to end that. Mm -hmm. I think that many of us practitioners have worked with a variety of ailments. People come to us usually when they're desperate, unfortunately. There's not a whole lot of people that come that just want to start out and they don't have many things wrong. Of course, you know, they don't really need to maybe. But uh, we've had people with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, gout, uh, depression, um, MS, muscle pain, trauma, mm, uh, kidney stones. It could go on and on. So we've had experience with all of these things. Now, maybe each practitioner hasn't had experience with all of those things. But we're in a group of practitioners where we share information. You know, we have groups. We work together with each other to do research, and I think that that's really powerful. So, um, you know, Sherry has a large database that she's working on with cancer, 
and uh, things like Morgellons. It just it doesn't matter what it is. We like to have people that have all sorts of things imbalances because that helps us with our research and it helps us with the next person. So we find these imbalances in one person and then we can go and compare that with someone else. Uh, heart issues, uh, kidney issues. You know, my own experience, I've I talked about this before, but my my stepdad was really on the point of death for a couple of years. And I don't think that he would have survived that had I not been helping him with frequencies. And I worked in conjunction with his doctor, and I was able to go back and um, look at his voice print and uh, tell what was happening at each time. Now, this is where you get into voice prints are these snapshots of health. They're snapshots in time. So you can, as practitioners, we have voice prints from however long that we're working with a client. And those are just voice recordings. And we can go back in time, like I could go back two years ago, if his doctor, for instance, said, at this point in time, this was happening with him. I can go back and look at the voice print closest to that time period, and I can I can look to see what potentially was happening, what contributed to that, or um, what might have been leading up to that that was happening within his body, what imbalances were happening. So we've got some great tools here that many practitioners don't use to their fullest, only because there's so much information. We really don't know. Um, We could go in a million different directions. So... um, But this is the great thing that I love about this research. We can really help people. And and sometimes they give us ideas on how to do it. My clients have been great because they've helped me learn. They've told me things that maybe I haven't haven't done right or um, that I could, um, in a direction that I didn't know because they didn't tell me before. Then I can take the information and go back and look and, and uh, dig deeper. Well, and the thing about clients as an herbalist, uh, when I was in a retail herb store, or the very first time, kind of like the very first time possibly you took a local print, you know, I would pick up a phone because we had a national mail order catalog and people would call in with questions. And, you, and your languaging has to be careful because, you're, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a licensed anything. Um, well, I'm a licensed in a few things. And you have to be, like you are, you're a great splainer, as I like to say. <laughs> and you're, very, you're very good at breaking it down and making it understandable for anybody. And there are times when, I mean, I did this show with Sherry for years before she decided to hand it off to me. And the trick with Sherry is she has so much information in her brain. And when she she's I enjoyed watching her do demos from the perspective of I knew that she was like a dog on a bone. She, her, you know, she would fi- see something in the chart or in the waveform or in something that she would go after, and it was truly like a dog after. She would get just go down that pathway, and that's the same thing with working people on the phone, or I imagine it's the same in working with people that you have voice friends with. 
is when you're working with them, you have to know how to explain what you're doing kind of. It doesn't have to get technical. It just has to be the level at which they can comprehend that and get them focused in on, no, you can't be eating Cheetos. I'm not picking on Cheetos. It's just an example. Everybody calm down. Reese's peanut butter cups, since we're heading into Halloween. Uh, you can't have those and expect this is going to help you work. So there's a whole there's a whole gestalt to when you're working with a person to get them in a comfortable place of there will be some life changes. You may not like some of them, but in the long run, you're going to feel better. And at the same time, you you are having vocal prints that you can go back and look at. be fascinating to actually take a, a whole string of vocal prints for somebody you've worked with for two or three years and look at them in some sort of timeline of how they shifted. I don't know how to quite animate that in my brain yet, but that would be a fun project. But yeah, I I do that with myself, actually, and uh, it, that's really interesting. But I think that um, that's a good point and a good thing for uh, maybe a project for students to do. Uh, I like that idea. Thanks for suggesting it. <laughs> sure. I do want to say, you know, for Sherry, she's yeah. such great um, – by watching her and how she works, her brain is just phenomenal. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, as we watch her, as she instructs us, because we have, we have weekly trainings that she does every other week, um, just to watch her and see how she, um, you know, analyzes the information and puts it together. It's very helpful. And, I would encourage people who have any interest in becoming a practitioner or just seeing how we work. Uh, Sherry has a lot of videos on Vimeo, and um, she's got, I think there's like three different channels there, but the one that has like three over 300 videos of her explaining different ailments, I would encourage everyone to go to that, that channel on Vimeo and watch some of those. They're, you know, over the last several years. But it's really fascinating and uh, helpful for us as practitioners even to go back and watch. Yeah. And it's, well, we'll talk about this more in a bit, the the ideas of the differences between the Sound Health Portal, which I've been with Sherry long enough that it was there wasn't a sound health portal when I first started doing stuff with her. You were lugging around a laptop, in my terms, lug, uh, <laughs> loaded with all sorts of software. And it was pretty technical. And I'm like yourself. I'm a nerd. And so even to me, it's like, you've got to what? Run through the thing and get the analysis of it. And then there's the pet portal. But before we go there, I want to ask about there are three different class possibilities, free, technician, or practitioner. Can you talk about the differences between those? Because I think it's really interesting, some interesting angles in there. Sure. The free training gives you an overall picture of what bioacoustics is, uh, how to go on and take a voice print with the free software that you can download from the Internet. Um, through Audacity, that's open source. And then you can use that information then and those voice prints that you create and you can go onto the portal, which is our online workstation, and you can find information there. So the free class is giving you an overall picture 
of what bioacoustics is and how you might work on the portal, what, what that is. Gives a lot of great information. And I would encourage people to take the free class, which many people do. Uh, the technician class is is a prerequisite to the practitioner class, and that is a self-paced online class, although I'll probably start uh, teaching part of that uh, because there's a lot of questions in the class about architecture. Uh, and it basically teaches you the beginning stages of architecture, what that means, and again, how to go on to the portal. You do get some software with that class, so you could do reports for clients, potentially. You don't get any frequencies with that. So people who anticipate that they can take the, the, or the technician class and start giving frequencies, that, that isn't the case because you're not trained to give frequencies. And we want to make sure that uh, the people that are using the protocols of sound health are trained in those because you can damage people potentially if you do things wrong and what does it mean to damage people? Um, Or what does it mean to um, when your body doesn't like something? So we train the practitioners in the next class to do all that. So they get additional software. They get frequencies in the professional class. They get um, training on how to put frequencies together in formulas to get to the different layers of the body and how to do reports for the client. So technician class is a prerequisite. It's limited in its scope. Uh, You have to be creative on how you uh, get the information to the client. Now, you can give them, uh, you can rent templates from the portal and you can create um, reports from that for imbalances in the body. The thing that you have to be careful about as a technician is not understanding that a frequency can mean many different things within that same variance. So if you're making an assumption that because this frequency is out of balance, therefore it definitely means this, then that is an incorrect assumption. So I think that that's something that, um, you know, we need to be better at explaining with people. But we can give, uh, there's such a tremendous amount of information in the, as a practitioner that, that um, people have no idea what we're looking at. And, and people who come into that practitioner class are like amazed and many times overwhelmed because they don't know where to start. And you just have to practice, you know, and, and uh, you get to go through the practitioner course twice, which I highly encourage people to do because you need it. You're just, your brain is on overload the first time through. So uh, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great tool any way that you use it. When you're at the guest level and the technician level, you have to be a little bit more creative on um, a business strategy and how you can use that without actually giving people frequencies or um, 
giving them um, a definite answer. And being in the health industry, and Richard, you know this too, and I was in the health um, industry years ago, uh, you say the wrong word and somebody can shut you down. So you have to be very careful when you're explaining to people that this isn't, you know, we're researchers. This isn't a definite diagnosis that we're giving you. This is something that could potentially be an issue. And on top of that, many people have trauma, and the trauma gets stuck in the body. And if you don't understand the connection with that, you may be overlooking something. So for me and my um, own personal business, I focus a lot more on, on trauma, and we've had some great success with people um, having some release of that, and then that starts them on the road to healing in a more effective way. I'm trying not to, but I can't help myself. I have to ask. So if somebody, I, I also was a massage therapist for 15 years. And it always amazed me that at some point I had regular clients. I, I did work at a doctor's office, but I also had regular clients. And it always amazed me at some point when you work with somebody doing body work for a period of time, there's going to be some time you're, Perhaps some people like to just snooze while you're doing it, or some people like to chat because they may be nervous or because they just like to chat. And at some point when you're typically working on about the thigh, they're on their back and you're working on their thighs, on the outside edge of the thighs or from the pelvic crest all the way down to the kneecap, somewhere in there, there's going to be a possible moment, and I would give odds of about 75%, that there will be an emotional release. Perhaps you'll be talking to somebody and then they'll just have tears streaming down their face. They're not sucking wind. They're not like crying. They're just like, what's going on? Why is that happening? What have you done? And it's because it's been some sort of traumatic release. And the thighs exactly. are a really great place to stuff that stuff because it's a big muscle. They're big muscles that we don't pay attention to. And it's it always amazed me how that could just be like, and wow. And then they talk to you the following week. And they say, wow, I felt, you know, different this week. And, you know, the birds are singing, or I don't know what the outside picture looks like. <laughs> but it was that kind of thing. Like, there was no, it wasn't a, we think that a catharsis has to always involve crying and ranting and sobbing and all that, and not necessarily. And I think that's the same that is true in my perspective with the sound health work, is there could be a release of trauma that you didn't know was in there, and now it's poof, gone which I think is miraculous. Exactly. And you don't even have to relive the trauma. You yeah. just have to release it from where it's at. Now, I think it does help if you recognize it because I think that it does have to be acknowledged in order to be released. But some people can't do that or don't know that they even have it. Um, and I think the more work that you do beforehand, and I know I have a client listening um, who's had a tremendous uh, release of some of this because they had they did a lot of work before they even came to me you know mental work and and um, just kind of going deep within themselves and I think when you can do something like that in conjunction with or before you come into bioacoustics you're you'll have even more success and um, and I know for me personally understanding where that trauma comes from um, will help you release a lot of your pain. 
I didn't know myself where trauma was coming from. I had the pain, and it took me a little bit of time to understand that. And once I did, then the release happened much quicker. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of uh, EMDR, which is a rapid eye technique invented by a psychiatrist down on the Monterey Peninsula like 40 years ago. And it's really good because you you sit and you t- you're with a therapist and they're talking and they've got some issues that they see you want to work on. And then they put up this bar that has blinking lights back and forth, light, right, left, right, left. It has to do with moving the eyes back and forth at a, sort of a steady cadence mm-hmm. and also these little things you hold in your hand to vibrate. And I like it because stuff will, can be cleared and you don't have to necessarily pull it up. It's just helping mm-hmm. that you're just talking. And it, the body will just give it up because we uh-huh. don't know that we're necessarily holding on to it. And again, I think this is similar. I think this, I think EMDR and doing the kind of trauma work that you're doing would be a phenomenal combination. Not because uh-huh. you need the psychiatrist, but they might be handy, and they have the they have you have to be a licensed shrink. I mean that in the best way uh, <laughs> to be able to do EMDR. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's very powerful work, and you don't have to mm-hmm. really dig down and keep talking about it, talking about it. Because some people have trauma, they don't even know they have trauma. It mm-hmm. may be some experience they had in their life, or who knows what. But getting that mm-hmm. out of the way, boy, that releases all sorts of energy up in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask about, I have to ask, this jumped out when we were talking about portal and all and everything. How do you make the decision or it comes down to PC or Mac. We're back to this old commercial. PC or Mac. <laughs> <laughs> and what does it mean? I, I, I know what it means for a Windows user, because that's the laptop I used to have. You load software on it. What about the Mac people? How can they do that? Yeah, the Mac people, first of all, Sherry's programs only work on Windows-based platforms. So if you want to keep your Mac, you'll have to um, have a partition. Now, I'm not a Mac person, but I understand why people love them, and I used to do a lot of graphic work, so I understand the uh, most people who have Macs do a lot of graphics. So yeah. uh, anyway, I think that uh, if you want to be a successful practitioner, and you want the easiest thing and the most uh, comprehensive, I would suggest that people invest in a PC if they're if they're Mac users. If that is, um, you know, too expensive for them or cost prohibitive, then you can certainly always work on the portal. And the portal has everything that you need, and it is... Um, it is based on the internet, so you have to have an internet connection. The advantage to the standalone programs is you don't have to have an internet connection, and uh, if anything were to happen with that, then you're not bound by that. And I think there is an advantage to having both. I work on both myself. Uh, after about a year of doing the standalone programs, then I got on the portal and started using that. But I, I use that almost... Um, I use it every day. So I think that there's great advantage to that. And um, Sherry and Michael, who developed the portal, have done a phenomenal job in putting that together to help people 
um, get the information that they're looking for. So um, I think that you, if you're going to switch over to a PC from a Mac, you should give yourself just a little bit of time to understand how the, you know, the system works and how it's different because sometimes finding files, et cetera, um, is, is a little cumbersome, it might take a little time, and it can be frustrating in class if you're not quick enough to follow along with saving files, et cetera. Um, and so, uh, and with that, so the Windows 11 having, it's changed a lot on how you view files and, and even how you copy and paste and delete files. So doing a little um, restructuring on the front end before class is helpful as well. And I help people with that all the time. So, um, and maybe I need to do a pre-class for that or maybe a class with just uh, Windows people that are coming into um, uh, Mac people that are coming into Windows for the first time. But I'm well, always willing to be, help people. That would be great because it is a different I'm, – I'm by. <laughs> I work in both worlds. Mm -hmm. Well, I also mm -hmm. work in Chrome and Linux, and I work in a lot of platforms. And for me, my primary machine that I'm on now is a Mac because for what I do and produce in sound and audio, it's great. It's perfect for doing that. Mm-hmm. Yet, when I started doing work with Sherry, I got a laptop, a Toshiba laptop, for like 350 bucks on sale around this time of year. I mean, they're not horribly expensive. I yeah, think it wants although, to be a laptop. Go ahead. I would, be, I would caution people um, on buying the cheapest, going the cheapest route, because uh, you need the processing power. It depends on what you're going to be using it for. Okay, if it's going to be yourself and you don't want to make a business out of it, that might be okay. But what many people have found is when they get the cheapest alternative, uh, they have to return it because it doesn't perform the way they expected. So if anybody has a question about that, they can certainly talk to me about it and, and I'll give them my opinion uh, on that, and uh, but I think people would have to spend probably somewhere around five hundred dollars, not three hundred. And and people have to understand too when you're looking at those smaller price points, the, those companies that are getting those deals or specials, they're sacrificing something, performance or memory or something like that in order to keep the price low enough. So you have to understand how people, uh, how marketing works in some ways. And um, like I said, I'm happy to answer any of those questions that people have. Yeah. And how can people use parallels on a Mac? Does that still exist where they can use parallels, which is a way of having a, like a Windows portal on, yes. on your Mac? Okay. Yeah. I'm not familiar with how they with do that? that. Okay, okay, I've done um, that. I have, you know, a friend of mine, I think, um, used one all the time, right? And uh, mm -hmm. and I think that they developed their own if they weren't necessarily um, one of the original developers. I can't remember at this point. 
but um, they never have any issues. And there's so many people that need that, so uh, I I don't see that that's not still something that they can use. Viable, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mac is more expensive. That's one of the reasons I bought a Toshiba, which was on sale for the holidays. That was usually a $600 machine. But I'm a nerd. I mean, I kind of know about that stuff. I'm used to build PCs. So that's mm-hmm. a different thing than just going out and buying the cheapest one at Best Buy. You have to kind of know exactly. what specs you're looking at. But Yeah, and look for a good a, fan, too. <laughs> if yeah. you're buying a laptop, look for a good fan because uh, mine is warped because I'm a power user uh, yeah. because the battery overheated. So, um, And like I said, I'm happy to give people suggestions and they can contact me and I'll do that. Yeah. The batteries are the weakest link of a laptop. It is really true. I've had mm-hmm. machines where you then look, one day you go to change the battery, you like have to pry it open because the door is like warped and it's, oh, it's bad, <laughs> bad, bad. Well, bad. now you can't change, you know, it used to be where you could switch them out and whatever. And if if you're not somebody who can do that easily, um, and maybe some of them don't allow you to anymore, I don't know. Yeah. That's more the Apple world. Um, but let's move along from that. That's a whole other conversation. Um, as people get along, how long does it take to do an assessment? Well, A, what is an assessment, just so people are really clear what that means, and how long does it take to do that? Each practitioner is different on the type of assessment they give, and they might have different specialties that they're focusing on. So an assessment is really your um, interpretation of their voice print. You, you as a practitioner, your interpretation. So this is different than the free campaigns that are on uh, the portal that people might have tried before. Those can be difficult to understand and you're given um, just a, a printout. It's great information, not always uh, easy to understand. Again, if you get one of those, you might want to contact a practitioner to help them explain what that means for you. But an assessment, at least uh, how most practitioners do that, especially how I do that, is we take their voice print and we look at the things that um, what we think are happening. Now, me and the practitioners I have working with me, we like to look at the body from an overall perspective and work. Um, the inside out, right? We we take the low-hanging fruit. We don't make an assumption on what's happening with the body. We like it to tell us what what we're seeing. And then we give that information to the client. We tell them, okay, here here's some of the things that are showing up in your voice print. Here's some of the commonalities uh, with different templates that we're using or, or um, you know, maybe these frequencies show up um, are in common with these types of ailments, right? These templates, and then we we um, we tell them what that means. We help them see the correlations between maybe a vitamin and a muscle is at the same frequency. Um, and here's an example that I give, and Sherry gives all the time. If you have problems with the um, opening a jar or lid, that may be because you're low in zinc. So we want to help give the client these um, 
clues as to what might be happening with their health. So if they were trying to open a jar and they can't very easily, oh, that might trigger them to remember that they haven't taken zinc in a while. So I like to to give my clients as much information as I can. Again, I believe in giving people tools to be their own self-advocate. And so um, these assessments also can uh, give you information that you could take to your healthcare provider and they might be able to see correlations that we don't if we're not trained healthcare professionals. Now, Sherry is much quicker at, um, you know, because she developed the system, she's worked with so many of these things herself, um, she's quicker at sometimes at making correlations depending on what our specialties are. She has her own specialties, um, but she's worked with the numbers enough to know how they correlate with other numbers. And many of us I need to have um, our memory jogged a little bit at times. So, um, and we have different strengths, each, each one of us. So the assessments are basically the information that we gathered from their vocal print and what we see is out of balance. And if they decide to uh, get um, any sort of um, balancing treatment from us, then we tell them what those what those frequencies mean that we're giving them. And they or what, can or what uh, areas right. might become balanced with the frequencies that we're giving them. Mm-hmm. They might have a zinc in their system that's not getting assimilated, and they you make some suggestions, yes. and possibly they'll do some tone work, and suddenly they didn't realize that now they can open a jar. What? What's happened? Exactly. What did they do? I can open a jar. Wow. Yeah. Now, awesome. again, we have to be careful. We can't say take zinc because, yeah. um, you know, uh, legally, we can't do that, uh, but there's ways around that, and most of us probably who are listening to this program understand that we have to be very careful with our words so um, that yeah. we don't get into trouble. That was a whole world we of know being how a practitioner. To, we know how yeah. to say things in a certain way where people can read between the lines. Yes. The lines are really fat and obvious. Here's a line. Read that. Thank you. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had talked about this backstage, and I want this because the audience has heard me use this term a lot. And we had a conversation about this. You you use the term vocal prints are timestamps of health. I thought there was an equivocation with that and biomarkers of health, such as libido, as I believe in you know biomarkers of health. Talk about what you what we talked about because it was very clear to me after you explained it because you're a great explainer um, that I really got it that it's like, oh, yeah, that's so obvious what you're saying. But would you talk about the differences between those two? Sure. A biomarker is something that might be uh, in common between people that have the same types of ailments. So that's how Sherry has gathered her information. And, And the scientific world is jumping on this like, nobody's business. I mean, it's going to be like a $9.2 billion industry by, I think, 2030 or 2033, something like that. And um, so 
biomarkers are basically um, health markers that are in common between people that have the same types of ailments. And you can find that biomarker, uh, you can find some of that information on the portal, which is great. That's helpful for people who maybe, you don't even have to be a practitioner necessarily. You can have a free um, program. You don't get frequencies, but you do get some information on there, so um, what things are in common. Uh, And the difference between that and what I mean by timestamps is like I explained earlier, you can go back in time and look at a vocal print and see what was happening with that person at that moment of the recording. Now, I keep all of my vocal recordings and I encourage all the practitioners to do that because you don't know when somebody might come to you from the past, even maybe they, they weren't a no longer a client, but God forbid they end up with some ailment um, further down the line that they want help knowing, was there anything that you saw in my voice way back when that, that might have started? For instance, um, I have um, a relative of mine that Um, unfortunately passed from cancer and I had been doing their vocal print previously for unrelated issues and um, and they didn't come to me because they didn't know they had cancer they didn't come back for a while because they just weren't feeling good and they passed away like within three months of diagnosis Uh, but I was able to go back because my mom had asked me um, I wonder if that was in their their vocal print that you had taken. So I was able to go back into their vocal print and look for clues of when that might have started or how long that had been in their body. And I'm currently in the process of of um, doing some analysis of other vocal prints. I have quite a few people that I have... Um, that I have had that have had cancer. And I want to go back, this is one of my projects, to go back and see if I can find a certain architecture that is common between those clients. I'm not sure uh, how easy that will be, but that's a pet project that I'm hoping to have time for. And an interesting side note on that Mm -hmm. is I have a client that called... I had a person that called me out of the blue the moment I said, Lord, I do not want to do a cancer client. They're too hard. Guess what? The very next morning, somebody called and said, "Um, I believe I was guided to call you. I have cancer. I've never taken treatment. But I I was told, I believe, that I was supposed to help you. You're supposed to take Mm -hmm. my voice print. I'm not going to get better. but we went through wow. the process, and I got to the point of getting their tone box all uh, programmed, and they passed. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure that that vocal print um, and others will assist me. I just I believe in divine guidance, so we'll see what That's kind of perfect. information I can gather. 
Well, and there are people, for example, my mother who died from cancer, who she was not much of a doctor person. It wasn't that she was anti-Western medicine. She just didn't like doctors. And I had been on the road doing shows, and I came home to visit, and she wasn't looking well. And she, within uh, four or five days of being home, she ended up being in the ICU, and she died seven days later, ten days later. And wow. so it went that fast. She had It had gone into being metastasized cancer. There was no way to stop it at that point. And But it was, you know, like I say, she didn't ever go to a doctor because she didn't like them. She didn't enjoy the process. She didn't like the invasion. She didn't like anything about it. And it was an amazing thing to see. I was the person who was in charge because that was her choice. She knew I'd protect her privacy and whatever she wanted, I would take care of. And I also happened to know the doctor. And mm-hmm. it was it was amazing to be with her through the process, but it was now I wished I had been able to have vocal prints of her from the process to add that to your kind of data because that's real-world amazing information. And you can. I mean, you can take um, old audio tapes maybe that you made from cassette tape. Um, mm-hmm. Those are analog. I would encourage people, if they even if they don't want to do um, vocal prints now or even get into this, if you have loved ones, uh, take a voice recording of them. Save it as a WAV file um, just so you have it. For instances like this, we use Audacity, which is a free program online. Um, I used to do um, recordings or um, for genealogy purposes, right? So I would record um, different people for their life stories, and those are invaluable. I can take that information now if I wanted to, because most of those people have passed, and I can use those to do a health analysis on them if I chose to. So I'm always thinking about um, the future and the past and how can we save these memories. And and I will do that. And, and I think about those things when I'm recording people's voices. If there's something within it that's precious and I know that person will maybe need for posterity, I will keep it so I can um, give that to a loved one. So my brain kind of works that way. My grandmother lived to be 106 and was ambulatory and baking pies in a pie place for, like, I don't know, the last 35 years of her life. And she was fine until she was 98 when she fell on her front porch shoveling snow off of it and broke her hip. And she eventually, they took her to the hospital and she eventually got taped up and basically walked out of the hospital like, I'm out of here. I'm having nothing to do with any of this. Now, this mm-hmm. is a woman who came across the United States from Michigan to Utah in a wagon. Mm-hmm. In a wagon. Everybody think about that. In a wow. wagon. This yeah. was not a movie. This was her life. Mm-hmm. And in my early days of doing a lot of recording and even in doing terrestrial radio, it was always something that I kicked myself in various places because I would love to have audio recordings of my grandmother talking about, like, what it was like to see the first TV. Yeah. What it was like for her to fly to California to visit her grandchildren, to be in flight from a wagon across America in a flight. Like, what are we doing? This is not natural flying. Just Mm -hmm. all that. She had a lot of, you know, she was a surly, you know, kind of pioneer person. 
But just mm-hmm. to have those kinds of recordings, as you say, I, just the memories of that, that was one of the things that I wish I had done is actually sat down with my grandmother and just talked to her for an hour because her mm-hmm. life was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the idea of Speaking. having that information then to refer to. Yes. Speaking of your grandma and her hip issue, it just made mm-hmm. me think that, you know, what are the expectations of people when they come to work with a practitioner? Uh, I mm. think that some people, you know, how fast are we going to see results potentially? And I think that really depends on the person. First off, because we don't know what's going on with your body. We don't know uh all the things that are in, you know working in conjunction with with each other we don't know uh what you eat whether you exercise everyone's different and so there's really no guarantees on how long it would take to see a difference in your body now most of my clients are seeing um seeing results right away at some point there's a few that have a very difficult time recognizing, you know, whether or not it's doing any good. And I think that those are in the minority. Um, hopefully, that's what we hope. <laughs> I'm I'm not satisfied unless my clients really have, have a result. And I get really frustrated if, you know, when I have hard clients. But it does happen. And I think that um, your body is always going to be out of balance in some aspect so to to assume that we can correct all your problems um, in three months time is unrealistic and we would uh, not be truthful if we claimed that that was so so again we're helping you to be your own self-advocate we're helping your body to heal itself we are not the ultimate healer we are just a facilitator for you on your own journey. So we'll help you as much as we can. And I know for me, I can only speak for myself as a practitioner and those who work under me, that um, we work our hardest to uh, try to to see movement. I, I, I say movement in the voice, meaning some sort of positive um, balancing in your voice for all of our clients. So, um, and and we work kind of on a sequential way. We do things in a certain order with our clients uh, because we found that that's the most effective. But again, everyone works differently. We're all independent. If any of you become a, your own practitioner, you have that freedom as well. So I know we're almost done, and I wanted to mention the fact that I am um, going to have a question and an answer uh, um, webinar or Zoom for those who are interested on the 24th. And Richard, I think, has put a link up, but uh, you can talk about that, Richard. I'll put that uh, in the show notes. So in about 40 minutes, uh, when the show's been posted at talktomeguy.com, I'll put all that information in the show notes so that you'll have contact information for Roberta and you'll have information on how to sign up for this up-and-coming Q&A class or meetup or online thing. I don't quite have the right word for online things yet. Um, <laughs> uh, and it really is for class questions, if anybody yes. has class questions. Yeah. But feel and free so to email that, me about anything. Right. And as I say, all, everything that we've, not everything that we've talked about, but all the links 
including the Zoom meetup that Roberta's going to do, which I'm going to try and attend if I can, um, it will all be in the show notes. Rather than me posting it in Blog Talk Radio, I'll put it over in the other show notes. And then the other question is, how do people find you specifically? How do people work for you? Where would you suggest they go to your site and read about the, like, working with Roberta button, which <laughs> might be there? <laughs> yeah, um, my personal website is bioacoustichealth.com. Bioacoustichealth.com. You can reach me at Roberta at bioacoustichealth.com. If you have uh, questions about classes through Sound Health, you can contact me through soundhealtheducation at gmail.com. That's soundhealtheducation at gmail.com if you have uh, class questions. But either way, um, you'll find me. And one of the better explainers I know. <laughs> I mean, really. Because this is, yeah, that's one of the great things about talking with you about it. I mean, I've done a lot of shows with Sherry. But Sherry's, as we've discussed, her brain goes somewhere, you know, going towards something. And she's moving fast when she does that. And you, I wish my you brain worked this... like that. That's all I can say. <laughs> yes. And uh, you are really good at explaining a lot of the stuff that Sherry, when Sherry's working, She's not necessarily a great explainer because she's already there when you're just trying to figure out, like, what button do I click? Yeah, she's really. 15 steps ahead. She's always 15 steps ahead. She's already going to a conclusion because she sees it all in the chart or the vocal print. And uh, you're back here going, what am I supposed to open now? It's but you know, Whereas Roberta is really good at explaining everything really nicely. So it's a real benefit to be have the opportunity to work with Roberta and be trained by Roberta, in my opinion. All right. Thank you so much, Roberta. That went faster than I could possibly imagine. <laughs> like, we're here already? Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you. Thanks, That everybody. was great. You bet. And everybody else, have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>